Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Famula One. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm here with my sister, Jack. Hi, everybody. And uh, what a weekend we had in Brazil. Did you have a good birthday, Jamie? I did. I had a fabulous birthday, except a few things happened during the race that we will get into that put a damper, for sure. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, had a fabulous weekend, fabulous birthday. (laughs) I have a frontal lobe fully developed now, except someone told me that apparently that's still 26. So maybe my brain is still cooking. I'm not really Hmm. sure. It might still be cooking. How is the bed making situation? Um, Currently unmade. Currently so unmade. maybe it is 26. <laughs> it's probably 26. Yeah. That's what <laughs> that would make sense um, though. Cause you're off, you know, parents insurance, 26, you get pushed off. They're like your frontal lobe is ready to make yeah, insurance yeah. decisions. Yeah. That would, yeah. I think that tracks. That's probably why they made that choice. That's what that it, hopefully. <laughs> um, but yeah, should we, sh- shall we jump right into the, chaos-filled weekend that was the 2023 Brazil Grand Prix. Brazil never disappoints. Um, And it definitely brought the chaos this year. Yeah. On Friday, it's the first (laughs) Friday. (laughs) Started right away. Um, Friday quality was like starting to look a little cloudy. And then Q3 began and they were like, we're estimating rain about seven minutes into the session. But the way that the sky, it turned to night. It was so dark. It It got pitch black. Crazy. And then the sky just opened and it was just pouring. It was monsooning, um, pelting down. George Russell took it upon himself to provide the photography that we all needed and wanted. I say that, you know, some people are like, oh, rom-com, it's giving rom-com. I think he was giving up, giving step up to the streets. I remember that famous. I I saw those videos or those pictures that he posted and I was like, did you make a photographer go out in the rain with you to take this? I mean, respect, respect anything for the, for the Insta, right? But what was the context of this photo? And we'll post Can it. Ma- if, yeah. Can it. Can you imagine it's his girlfriend? He's just like, this would be such a good idea. Like, let me, <laughs> like, let, let me cook. <laughs> respect. I mean, he, he, he is a meme and I feel like he leans into it and, you know. Respect did you see him at the driver parade? Which this is jumping ahead a couple of days, but did you see the driver parade yes, once again? Where he just like kind of drives into the like through the front, <laughs> which isn't his fault. He's not driving, but he's just it. Oh, he just he knows his angles. Yeah, you know, sue him. He knows his angles. Sue him. Yeah, sue him. Sue him. <laughs> um, he knows but, it works. You know, in between George Russell's rainy photo shoot, um, they did red flag Q3, which left us with a pretty interesting starting grid for Sunday. Um, I mean, yeah. P1, Max, P2, Charles, um, but P3, Lance Stroll, and P4, Fernando Alonso. So a, a second row lockout for Aston Martin. Which I believe, I know Lance before this had 
had quite a few Q1, <laughs> getting out in Q1. I think even Fernando did in the in Austin, in maybe in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Um, so great. So go from that. Yeah. yeah, great start for the weekend for Aston Martin. It was crazy. It didn't feel real, honestly. Um, I literally, I was texting you, and so they, you know, rain starts, they red flag and then yellow flag the session, or yellow flag and then red flag the session, and they're like, we're not going to continue, it's over. And I just turned the TV off. I was like, this is, are you kidding? And I was like, I know there's nothing that can be done about this, right? But, ugh. And I was happy for Lance, but it was, you know, the 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 starting grid was then affected by, you know, teams that may held their cars longer, like McLaren hadn't set their cars, just hadn't set their cars out early enough. It had already started raiding, so mm -hmm. they really didn't get much of a lap time in, um, but did make for a pretty interesting start to the weekend. Yeah. I kind of just wish it was... If you know you're going to really, I mean, I guess it, it also is no one's like, like, it's not the FIA stepping in being like, we're going to mess up the grid. So it's like interesting. It's like the weather, it's not controllable. But like, if you're going to mess up the starting grid on Sunday, really mess it up. Make Max 10, like push him back. Don't do like a normal Max Charles, then Lance Fernando. Like, yeah, like make Lance first. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give Lance pull. Yeah. Make that it real interesting. I would have left the TV on if that happened. hundred <laughs> percent. But so yeah, to just have like the couple random here and there placements was, yeah, it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we headed into Saturday, which was again, full of events. Again, it was a sprint weekend. So we had sprint shootout mm -hmm. and the sprint race both on Saturday. Um, yeah. Sprint shootout started with a bang, quite literally, um, with mm -hmm. Esteban Ocon had quite a serious crash in SQ1, um, also made contact with Fernando, pretty severely damaged Fernando's car. Luckily, both were okay, um, yeah. but that obviously ended Esteban's day and also ended Fernando's um, qualifying um, just because the car was so damaged. Yeah, but... That was a weird, like he just kind of blamed, blamed uh, Fernando and called him an idiot. It was like, and then doubled down on it when asked about it, you know, when he was in the pen. And I was just like, as the bestie, like, had he had as, as Michaela would say. Yeah. Had he had a I chance mean, to review the footage at that point? I think so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know. Like, because like. I will say, I think it was like maybe teetering. I do. I don't think it was Fernando's fault, but he was slightly in the way. I could see Esteban's perception being that, you know, it was, it was Fernando being the, in the way that kind of distracted him, made him lose the rear of the car. Mm -hmm. um, but then I think upon further review, you would see that that really wasn't the case. Yeah. Cause like when I was watching it back, yeah, you know, he Fernando's wasn't racing. He was doing, I think, like a cool down lap, lap or an out lap or something. Um, but you could see uh, Esteban understeered. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was like, it's not yeah. not Fernando's fault, but 
I don't but, know. Maybe he uh, didn't have a chance to fully review it um, and see that. I'm sure that they're fine. They're they're were they they were old teammates at one point or no? Am I making that up? They were well, yeah. Last year they were teammates at yeah. Alpine. Um, they didn't leave on great terms, to my knowledge, based on the yeah. things that were said in the media. Um, but I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure it's all good. Um, and yes. Yeah. Great qualifying. The excitement continued when we got a Lando Norris poll. The first one since like 2021, right? Yeah. From Sochi. Yeah. Um, thrilled. Lando, which I think Martin Brundle had like a little bit of a talking to with him, was like, just stop being so hard on yourself. Just because that's honestly, I think that's what's holding him back. Obviously. Not by like necessarily winning a race because he's competing against Max in a phenomenal car, but you're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Yeah. I mean, think about where they were at the start of the season where they, they were the ones getting the Q1 exits and they were so far off the pace for him to now be, you know, disappointed in a second place finish. Like that is epic. It's crazy. Epic turnaround. Yeah. Um, Crazy turnaround. So then, you know, we got to the sprint later that afternoon. Even though we had a Lando pole, Max won. Shocking. Max pulled away pretty quickly. Not uh, pulled away, I shouldn't say, but he got into first place pretty quick. Even though Lando, which he has struggled with in the past of having a good reaction on the starts, he had a really good start. Um, But the Red Bull is just, it's quick unbeatable um then we got to sunday my birthday and i settled in to watch the race it's my birthday it's like this is great charlotte claire starting second carlos is not starting as high up as i'd like him to but it's all good we're living it up formation lap begins i look up Charlotte Leclerc is in the barriers on the formation lap. So essentially what happened um, from what I can see, like from, from looking online, because he said on the radio when it happened that he'd lost the hydraulics. And from the reports that I can find, the engine detected like an unknown frequency which then the the fail safe there is to shut down the car immediately because the other option there, if it's a dangerous frequency, is that the engine explodes. So that was detected. Car immediately shuts off, which then, you know, he doesn't have power steering. He doesn't have an engine. Car's off, which sent him into the barriers. So while it's very upsetting, very thankful that systems like that are in place. Yeah. You know. Um, they have said that they won't be replacing his engine for Vegas. They said they found they were able to replace the parts that needed to be replaced without having to take a whole new engine, which means Charlotte Leclerc doesn't have to take an engine penalty, but does concern me. Yeah. Um, and it's different than what, cause Carlos has had issues with his, his engine too. Are they... There's, are they separate issues? 
Sounds like, yeah, different stuff. Um, okay. Carlos during this race was complaining about his clutch, um, yeah. which obviously is not, you know, that's a different part than the engine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it sounds like this was a completely unique situation. Um, there were also other Ferrari engine issues at this race, not necessarily with the Ferrari team. We'll get into those later. Um, and I don't believe that those were related to what happened with Charles either. I think this was, mm. you know, just fringe case, perfect storm of, of problems. Um, but then, you know, so Charles Leclerc does not start, did not start the uh, Brazil Grand Prix. I am not completely clear on if it counts as a DNF or a DNS. Because um, mm. I, th depending on the reports that I saw, people were calling it different things. I don't. I think we're splitting hairs to really think about that. Yeah. But um, he already has his trifecta. We don't need yeah. to <laughs> go through that. Um, and then, so you know, they they clear that, they reset the barriers, get the car out of the way, and start the race. And it is not long until we have get another red flag. Um, what happened with this at the start was Alex Albon had a fantastic start, went to the outside of Nico Hulkenberg, who was to the outside already of Kevin Magnuson, resulted in a sandwich as Nico Hulkenberg, who had nowhere to go, tried to pull out of the sandwich. He and Alex Albon made contact, which sent him into Kevin Magnuson, making contact ending both of their races, Kevin and Alex Albon. Um, and also creating a loose tire situation yeah. um, where a tire came off of one of the cars. It was sent flying into the air and just in the Honey Badger's luck landed square on top of Daniel Ricardo's rear wing. And, hit and also Oscar caused damage Piastri. for Oscar. Yeah, also yeah. caused rear wing and I think floor damage for Oscar. Mm -hmm. um, so red flag the race. Obviously, there was a lot of debris and that's right at the start. So while the race is red flagged and the track marshals are clearing the debris, resetting the barriers, all of that. Also, um, Alex and K-Mag were both okay. Um, the Alpha Tauri and McLaren teams deserve a hundred medals for managing to get those cars back and spectacular. ready to go. Spectacular job. Because you yep. would think that those, they literally thought that both of those cars were out of the race. Yeah. I mean, that was on, if you were like watching live, like the commentary was like, there's their rear, rear whole rear wing is broken. Um, Oscar needed a whole new floor. I'm not positive about what else Daniel needed, but they were able to completely repair the cars and get them ready to go. However, because they'd worked on the cars, the FIA made them start from the pit lane because it was a standing restart. And um, they ended up both a lap down. Yeah, I'd beef about that. Yeah. Did you see Daniel's sector times? Both of them did yeah. incredible races, but you start them from a lap down. Are you crazy? 
like Daniel was like only up to like a few within a few tenths of max in certain in I think like sector one and sector two he was a little further back in sector three but like we were robbed of a Daniel Ricardo masterclass and of a great race from Oscar based on his sector times they were just having a race between themselves like it, it yeah. you know you have this amazing thing that these mechanics and this entire team were able to do fixing this car that should not be back on the track and you're gonna then be like great job pat on the back you guys are starting a lap down you mean so angry. so upsetting it just so like it, it, yeah and you could tell with all the interviews like daniel was really upset about it um I'm still upset about it. I'm going to be fighting with them about this for a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was not the last of, of the excitement. Um, Mercedes had quite the rough, rough race. It's a tongue twister. Um, George Russell DNF'd due to oil temps. His, the oil in his car was getting too hot. Which is crazy. Wow. I can't remember the last time I heard that I don't know. when they Not said good. it i was like what that's scary <laughs> yeah it's like we already had one engine almost blow up with charlotte Leclerc. let's not have another situation yeah. retire the car please yeah um and then both alfa romeos also dnf'd due to technical failures which is this is what i was referring to earlier alfa romeo uses a ferrari engine so there was like some talk of like both of these cars are Ferrari engines. We still at that point weren't super clear on what happened with Charles. We've now kind of figured out unrelated. Um, but yeah, bad weekend or bad race for Alfa Romeo for sure. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Especially when they're uh, tied. Are they tied with Williams now in the constructors? I'm trying to think of the constructors. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. They're higher up there. Yeah, and I mean, every point matters, right? Yeah. Especially in like that 7th through 10th. That battle is pretty close. So definitely a, a tough yeah. weekend for them. Um, but the race ended pretty excitingly with that fantastic battle between Checo and Fernando. Yeah. It so, was, I Did you, looking just at the race, the way you're watching it, who did you see coming first? Because from way I watched, I was like, how did Lando, I mean, Lando, Fernando get first? But obviously it was just, I think, the angle of the camera. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was Checo. Um, but yeah, for, for context, so in the last, what, five-ish, maybe less laps of the race, yeah. um, Checo and Fernando were like neck and neck battling it out. And Alonzo on the last-ish lap, was able to overtake Checo, but on the last straight headed to the checkered flag, they were right next to each other. It was literally a photo finish and Fernando Alonso prevailed and ended yeah. up P3. Congratulations. I haven't had those in a second. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen him, yeah. I haven't seen a photo finish and I feel like, oh, a minute. And then Fernando has not been on that podium in a while. Yeah. Yeah, so very exciting end to the race. Um, so results were Max won, uh, obviously. 
Um, <laughs> and then Lando Norris second, Fernando third, um, and Max continues to break records with this being his 17th win of the season. Crazy. I mean, this is, it's an all-time, all-timer. I mean, every race now, we're at the point where every race he's just breaking records. I mean, this record is just his, the previous record holder was him in Mexico yeah. with 16th. So, I mean, he's just in a league of his own, clearly. And then I think he broke something else, but I don't remember what. It was they something said about it like over the Red Bull. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Percentage um, per season, yeah. like a percentage of available points or something. But I, I would have to look it up to get the the real stat. But he did break another record as well. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Um, so you know, exciting weekend overall. Even though we did have Max, you know, topping the charts in every session, we still had lots of excitement going on, um, which is not shocking for Brazil. We both love Brazil because it is a track full of excitement. You never know what's going to happen. And there have been some very, very famous races at this track. I'd love to take you through a few of them, four of them, I think. We're going to go on a little Brazil journey. A little journey through the years. Um, so sources for today's episode are skysports.com, Senna.com, uh, F1I.com, and the classic, our old friend, Wikipedia. Gotta love Wikipedia. So I, I, I will offer you, uh, Jack, a, a choose-your-own-adventure style. Would you like me to start from the most recent or from the most least recent, the, the oldest one? Ooh. Let's do least, let's go least recent first. Start with least recent? Yeah. Okay. So, Jax, we're going to go back on a journey to 1991. We were not alive then, but let's pretend. Um, <laughs> we were not alive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this, the 1991 Brazil Grand Prix, it is Ayrton Senna's home race. It is his eighth season in Formula One. Um, and he had won the driver's championship twice at this point, yet had never won his home race of Brazil. That's so tragic. Isn't that crazy? Um, oh. So, but the 1991 Brazil weekend, it's things are starting immediately to look up. He qualified on pole. It's like, perfect. He has but it. this is Brazil. And nothing is ever that simple. Mm. So on around lap 65, the gearbox on his McLaren jammed. And eventually he was only able to use sixth gear. Oh, my God. He could and only so, use six. Yes. Is that what those reasons? Oh, my God. Only sixth gear. And... Um, essentially this would be like the physical toll that this takes on you is um, someone on Quora equated it to trying to drive a tank around at F1 speeds. Like you have to like physically muscle the car through turns and Interlagos, oh you know, highly technical track. Yeah. Um, so most drivers here would retire the car, right? virtually undrivable your gearbox is out 
um, not Senna. He drove the car the rest of the race like this in sixth gear, winning the 1991 Brazil Grand Prix. He was so exhausted at the end of this that he needed to be lifted from the car. Like he couldn't get out. Um, and then if you see in pictures, like it took, I mean, he could barely lift the trophy. Um, he was so exhausted, but he's, he said in interviews that, you know, any other race, maybe I would have retired the car, but you know, my home race, my home fans drove him to victory. Isn't that crazy? That's such a good story. I love that one. True story of just like, just raw, pure perseverance and determination. Yeah. Oh my God. I could not imagine muscling that car around and maintaining the lead. You know, it's one thing maybe to keep going, but maintaining a lead while having to deal with that. That's crazy. So yeah, he's literally putting all of his like, as much, I guess, as you can move in that car, all of his body into that. God, that must have been like Qatar on steroids. Oh, yeah. On steroids. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next, we're going we're gonna to do another, a little jump for the next one. Okay. I'm going to take you to one of our favorite years that we've discussed so many times on this podcast, 2008. We love a, a dirty air. <laughs> Revisit. <Yeah. laughs> um, so in 2008, the Brazil Grand Prix was the final race of the season. And heading into this race, there was a pretty tight title battle between Lewis Hamilton and Felipe Massa, as discussed previously. Um, so in order for Felipe Massa, who was, this was his home race, he's, from Brazil, in order for him to win the championship, he had to win the race and Lewis had to finish sixth or lower. So, okay. very difficult, not necessarily impossible. Yeah. And things are looking, they're looking Massa's way when he wins the race in extremely dominant fashion. Sold, like the crowd goes wild. They think he's done it. Um, Especially when Sebastian Vettel overtook Lewis Hamilton for fifth place, putting Lewis in sixth, which means he's done it. He's won the championship. Timo Glock from Toyota follows and also overtakes Lewis Hamilton. Mm. However, as we know, Brazil... Interlagos, some chaotic weather situations. Yeah. And in the closing laps of the race, rain arrives. Timo Glock, who's still on dry tires and is ahead of Lewis Hamilton at this point, is slowing down. In the last corner of the last lap, Lewis Hamilton overtakes Timo Glock for fifth place and takes the championship. Yeah. Can you imagine winning? I mean, yeah, like that's spectacular fashion, right? Because he had to come back. 
Could you imagine winning a title from like fifth? It's just not as satisfying. I mean, if you look at the clips of Lewis winning this championship, I would I would say he looks pretty satisfied. No, I mean like this one's definitely separate, right? But like any other race, I'd be like, yeah, like probably like I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm just overthinking it because Max seemed pretty satisfied when he won it during the sprint (laughs) yeah I think you're pretty I think you're pretty satisfied regardless but yeah yeah, so there's um some famous pictures obviously of this where Felipe Massa won the race won his home race but also just narrowly missed out on the championship and had done everything he could at that point right like he had to win the race and he did it so the pictures of him on the podium standing, you know, very stoically, having just lost the championship, and then Lewis down below, because Lewis obviously wasn't on the podium, celebrating with McLaren, his first ever driver's championship. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because that's what you have to then, he's, you're right, he did everything that he could have, and then he's just relying on someone else to do worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. That's sucks. But Crazy. also I love when Lewis won that championship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, two thousand this two thousand eight championship has been coming up a lot recently, so Yeah. Who knows? Um, but now I will take you to two thousand and twelve. Great year. Great year. Um, once again, Brazil is the last race of the season. This time. Honestly, as it should be. Yeah. That's a, that's an exciting last race. Yeah. I mean, Abu Dhabi, it's a night race, so it's really fun. But yeah, Brazil is Brazil. I also think, you know, these races we talk about because this one also is, you know, a title battle that's gone to the last mm-hmm. race. I think any track's going to be exciting when you have a title yeah. battle going to the last race. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's good to spread the wealth and keep, you know, Interlagos is an exciting track. Maybe, you know, keep it. Kinda, yeah. Early yeah. In the spread the wealth. Um, but yes. Yeah, so this title battle was between Sebastian Vettel and Fernando Alonso coming into this race. Seb is leading by 13 points. This would be his third driver's championship title. Um, and all is looking good. Qualifies on pole. You know, great, great, great. Until the race begins. And he has contact with Bruno Senna, Ayrton's nephew, at turn one. Which turns him around. Luckily, he's able to keep going. But now he's in the last at this race and to make matters worse for Sebastian Vettel at this time, Fernando Alonso then overtakes his teammate Felipe Massa and Seb's teammate, Mark Weber for third. So now Seb is in last Alonso is in third. And remember only 13 points separate them. Yeah. Um, somehow by, whatever magic was in is in Sebastian Vettel's blood and whatever magic was in that 2012 Red Bull by lap eight, Seb is up to eighth. By lap eight. Oh 
Wow. Um, so things are starting to, you know, kind of swing back more into Seth's direction, right? He's already mm-hmm. up into eight. Uh, then our two besties, Lewis and Nico Rosberg, collide, moving Fernando Alonso up to second place. So it's looking all too like it's looking like it's Fernando, right? Yeah. That's it. Until Sebastian Vettel at the end of the race overtakes his hero, his mentor, Mr. Michael Schumacher, putting him placing high enough to secure his third world championship. That's crazy. And like in 2008, some of the most famous pictures from this weekend are actually the pictures of Fernando realizing that Seb had just overtaken Michael and that he had not won the championship. Mm. Like, it's crazy, these stories. I mean, you think like, yeah, from the the perspective of the winner, this is epic. But from the perspective of the loser, like, this is gut-wrenching. Yeah. And then you also have to go up there and celebrate on a podium. Yeah, and then you have to go be on the podium. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Is it bad that I always... I always put Michael Schumacher, for some reason, I'm like, oh, 20 years ago he was racing. Yeah. Yeah, so this was in his era where he, you know, he had that brief stint where he came back and raced at Mm -hmm. Mercedes. This era. Oh, okay. Okay. He raced with Seb for a brief period of time. Um, But yeah, it is, it's like, I think you... You just think of him as like, you know, the greats. I don't know. Yeah. Think back to years and years ago, but no, it was not that long ago. This is like similar to remember how we were feeling when we were talking about the 2005 U.S. Grand Prix. We were like, yeah, oh, to talk about like, like how Fernando was there and Jensen was yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I need to really get a timeline of Michael Schumacher, honestly, because I always just keep pushing him back. I'm like, oh yeah, that was so long ago. Yeah. No. It was not. Twas not. Twas not. Twas not. Um and the last race that I will take you through for today. There are plenty, plenty more very exciting brazil races um max had an incredible incredible race in brazil um you know lots of famous moments george this past year mm-hmm. last year 2022 had his first win in brazil yeah. um but the last one that we'll we'll deep dive on that we'll focus on for today is 2021 a very good very- year, good year. Yeah. So, um, as we all know, there was a furious title battle going on in 2021 between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And unlike, you know, obviously, as we know, again, Abu Dhabi was the last race of the season. So Mm -hmm. Brazil was not the last race of the season. However, coming into Brazil, Lewis seriously needs to win this race to keep his, his title defense up like 
the battle is razor thin at this point. So all, again, going well, going great. Lewis qualifies on pole. It is never that easy, though, is it? Or we wouldn't be talking not in, about it. Not in Brazil. So after qualifying, the FIA determines that Lewis's rear wing was broken and his DRS had opened 0.2 millimeters wider than allowed. Therefore, <laughs> they disqualified him from quality, sent him to P20. This was a sprint weekend, though, and this was the old format of sprints. So if you remember, the old format of sprints was you do your normal quality, that sets the grid for the sprint, then you do the sprint, the result of the sprint sets the grid for the race. Are you with me? Yeah, arguably the best way to do it because I don't know why they ever messed with the format, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, we need reverse grids. <laughs> reverse Yeah, if, that, if that's how you want to mess with it, that's the only yeah. way to mess with it is re with a reverse grid. So now after this disqualification, Lewis is starting the sprint in P20. He also already had taken a, or I, I don't know if he'd already taken it or if it was uh, decided after, but he had a five place grid penalty for the race for, I think it was like an engine change or something like, a, you know, one of those, like a mechanical one. Yeah. So he starts the sprint in P20, ends up finishing P5 in a sprint. Jesus. Yeah. Which is crazy because I think like I want I would assume honestly Max would probably do like a similar thing now. Yeah. But it's crazy to just like look back at those numbers and see that. Yeah. Well, just, in well then a third of a length of a race. Yeah, that's what's even crazier is you know like you were just saying with Seb doing that in eight laps. Crazy. Crazy. Insane. Insane. Um, so that means with his grid penalty that he is starting the race in P10. Okay. Obviously, again, he needs to win this race to keep the title fight going. Starts P10. Very dramatically, I mean, easily, pretty easily makes it through most of the field. But his final person he has to pass to win is Max Verstappen. Both of them aggressive defenders yep if you've ever watched them race each other you know they are very they race each other hard so lewis manages to get around max and win the race after starting p20 at the beginning of the weekend <laughs> crazy yeah and becoming you know then obviously in front of his you know not actual home crowd but he's very yeah. beloved in brazil um yeah and he wins god he must have been in cloud nine yeah i need to rewatch season five of drive to survive now that we're talking about 2021 <laughs> yeah you go back when and does watch the next it season come out does it come out in the off season 
I think the last one came out in like January. Ooh, maybe not. I do not remember. Feels like a million years ago. It feels like a long time ago. Oh, also something that we forgot to address in the race recap. Yes, my tinfoil hat time was incorrect. I thought I we were rooting the code. for it. I thought I'd crack the code and that Lewis was going to win. I was incorrect. I apologize. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I got for you today. Um, if you have a favorite Brazil race, favorite Brazil moment, let us know. Yeah. We'd love to chat more about Brazil. Great race. Lots and lots and lots of iconic moments have happened at Brazil. Um, so. And it's staying on the grid until 2030, they announced. Yeah. So as it should, as it should. As, so um, yeah. So excited to see more moments like these to come. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we will talk to you soon. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on socials at Famula One. Um, check us out on YouTube if you haven't yet. Perfect timing. We have brand new graphics. Yeah, they're brand new, super beautiful sick. background. Yeah, they're so thank you very much incredible. to our thank you very much to our, our graphic design fearless leader, our design mm -hmm. head of design, uh, Sarah. She's the best. Um, our guru. And yeah, and we will be talking to you next week. Um, but we will not, if there's any news that comes out, we'll, we'll talk to you at some other point beyond the episode. Cause it's going to be a pre-recorded episode. Um, a very exciting one though. We have a very special yeah. guest that we think you'll, you'll enjoy hearing from. Um, so be sure to tune into that and, uh, yeah, no race this weekend. So get some sleep prep for Vegas. We'll talk to you next week. Love you, bye. Bye, guys.